Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund, the world's mayor. Thank you so much for being here on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, uh, powered by E360 Television. So no matter what platform you're watching on, whether it's Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, watching on social media, uh, thank you guys so much. Thank you for the podcast listeners. But those of you that go to livemonoworldwide.org to watch these broadcasts, thank you. <laughs> uh, that one's a little bit more personal to me. And why is that? It's because in the future, we are all going to be media organizations and your domain is your virtual real estate. It matters. It's your virtual identity to a point. Uh, that's why you should own your domain, your name, and of course, obviously your business names. Uh, I think that's really, really important. Why am I telling you that is because, well, I'm passionate about media. Why? Because if you know media, you can make your dreams come true a lot easier. You get to make your own rules. And that's why we have the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation and Multimedia Broadcast Network. Our mission is to elevate the voices for the voiceless and also to elevate the passion, purpose, and mission of those we serve. When you know media, you literally can do anything. And, and knowing media is not necessarily an expensive <laughs> A thing to learn. And of course, if you want to go take someone's course, it takes time. But that said, we encourage you, um, if you don't know media, if you don't know someone that you can go to, to reach out to us. This is the way we serve. It's our ministry. Yes, I'm a shock jock evangelist. Yes, I love the Lord. Yes, I love serving and helping people. Yes, I love sharing my testimony. Yes, all of that. But in the end, for me to elevate other people, that is my mission. And that is why I'm the world's mayor. Today, we are blessed uh, to have somebody I find extraordinary. Literally, since I first met her uh, virtually through social media, I have been chasing her down, asking her to, uh, to if I could interview her. She is somebody that inspires me. She, to me, she is doing God's work. And the thing that I love most, of it, she is not making it about her when she serves. And that's a hard thing to do. One of the things that I really struggle with um, with our foundation is one, asking for help. Um, but two, uh, the other part is that the work we do, it's, I don't feel like I want to uh, promote that. Like I just want to serve. I don't want to put a spotlight on the service work I do. It's better if other people do that. And one of the things that I love doing with these broadcasts is to, to, to spotlight people that are serving, people that don't really put the spotlight on themselves or putting it on other people so that they can be the focus of who we serve. To me, that is God's work. Nothing annoys me more. And, and it, again, it's it's a fine balance that you have to walk because you have to promote your organization. But how do you do it in such a way that doesn't make it look like, hey, look at me, I'm out serving people and I'm helping people, I'm cool. That's really hard to not do. Because as foundations, as nonprofits, we all need resources. We need financial blessings. We need those gifts. But what I love about our guests is that she's not that person. She's somebody that just serves. And uh, and it's awesome. So I'm so honored to have our guest on. You guys are going to love her. But before we get into that, I want to give a shout out really quick um, to my favorite water on the planet. And yes, I'm still using the same bottle because you can wash it out. For $2, you can buy path water at the convenience store. And if they don't carry it, ask them. Grocery stores have it too. But it is a reusable water bottle. 
And this matters to me because I am passionate about stopping plastic pollution amongst all the other issues that I care about. Uh, this is one that I do care about, and this is one that we can all step into to make a difference. And why should you care about plastic pollution? Well, because it's affecting, it affects, it affects you every single day of your life, whether you realize it or not. It's in your food. It's in your baby food. It's in your fish. It's in everything. The animals in the ocean eat the plastic that is littered there. That is one example of many why I care about this. So you guys go to pathwater.com, check them out. Uh, you can use promo code Joshua T. Berglund. You can save, they ship, they have multiple uh, different bottles that you can check out, all reusable, all amazing, and it's great tasting water too. Also want to give a shout out to State and Liberty. Thank you so much for providing my suit. I love my suit. I can do karate in it. and uh, I don't feel like kicking right now. My legs are sore for my workout, but thank you, State and Liberty. Um, if you are somebody that needs athletic fitting clothes, in other words, that you're not built like a clothes hanger and uh, it's hard for you to get fit and you may not have 10 grand laying around for a custom suit. Well, let me tell you something. You don't need 10 grand to have a custom fit suit with this company. They're terrific. And if you're kind of an odd shaped person like myself, uh, you need an athletic fit and this is it. So State and Liberty use promo code Joshua T. Berglund and you can save 20% on your order. Thank you so much. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, and listen, I've already told her, like, I respect her. I love, like, I love everything I know about her, but I can't pronounce her name very well. So she gave me permission to call her Poe. Now, that said, uh, it's a beautiful name when you hear her say it. So I'm going to let her do that right after this. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is going to be fun. Thank you for being here. God bless you. I uh, hope you had a wonderful holiday. Uh, I am truly honored. And uh, she's also here in Minnesota. It's amazing how many, uh, <laughs> I almost said it's amazing how many amazing people I've met in uh, Minnesota, but I guess I could change the, what is it, an adjective? There's some special people in Minnesota. And, um, 
and I slowly but surely, I've been here since the riot started. And, um, you know, I more and more of this place comes home. And this is a tough place when you're an outsider uh, to to fit in and, and to ever feel like it's home. And I hear that from a lot of other people that come here. But I got to tell you that I've met some of the most special people here and I love it. And one of those people is our next guest just a truly just an earth angel ladies and gentlemen please welcome my friend po what's up po how you doing hello how are you welcome it's so good to see you finally oh after all this time chasing you down i am honored to have you here thank you thank you so much i i am honored and blessed to be a part of your show i think we have started talking since December of last year. So it's been great following you, seeing what you do, and um, just having the very best conversations that we have on social media. Yeah. Being that you're well, here in the cities, I look forward to seeing you soon. Yes, I'm actually tomorrow, um, but well, hold on. Before we get into tomorrow, I want you to say your name <laughs> so everyone can hear how beautiful it is because it is beautiful. I want you to say your name and then also say what you're grateful for and why, please. Okay. My name is Potala Chantabi Suk. And I am grateful for everything that life and God has to offer. Um, I'm grateful for my children and the opportunities that are given to me. I'm just absolutely blessed to be here and just to inspire other people. Well, and you're here because i mean other than the fact that i begged you for a year i think um you're here because i have watched you and watched you serve and watch you just be the hands and feet in ways that i like it inspires me i <clears throat> like it makes me want to do more like it 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 i you know i think you figured out by now my wife and i have a heart for service uh, and serving but you know, it's people like you that inspire both of us to to do more, to ask God to give us more resources that we can bless people with. So I'm just I'm honored to have you. I love what you do. And um, so with that, you have an event coming up tomorrow. And those of you that are local to Minnesota or within driving distance, you might want to check this out. Can you tell them about that? Yes, the event tomorrow is we're providing free meals to all families in the Twin Cities. If you're close by, you can come with your children or you can send your friends and family with two. Um, if you have children ages uh, from one to 18, um, you can come and pick up a meal bag for each children. And also, um, I'm doing my Santa's Mobile Workshop. If you are already one of my gifted families that we are helping this Bring your children in as well, too, to come and participate and uh, create their Santa's wish list, I guess you could say. And so we'll try our best to match up gifts, gifts with the children, and um, that will be at the Supportive Guidance Office in New Hope. The address there, get that here for you really quick. That is 9220, 9220 Bass Lake Road, Suite and that again is a new hope say the name of the city again new hope new hope okay your mic is a little low 
So couldn't hear that coming through. So thank you for repeating that. What is the name of your organization? I don't have a nonprofit, but my project oh. is called Echo Love. Wait a second. All this work you're doing and serving and the promotion and all of that, you don't have a nonprofit? No, I don't. I'm, I'm working on building up to that. Oh, my gosh. She just joined ours. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I thought this whole time I've been watching you going, that's amazing. Like, that's I want a branch of this uh, with our organization because it's not just media that we care about or broadcasting. I mean, being the hands and feet, the work that you're doing. Wow, this whole time I thought you were an organization. Silly me. Um, well, that, that, that impresses me even more. So speaking of that, for if, if you were starting a nonprofit, what would it be? Like, what is that deep-seated passion that you have for serving? Like, what's the demographic, the population that your heart desires to serve and help the most? So if I, once I do create a nonprofit, it will be called Echo Love, and that's E-C-C-O. Um, and the reason for that being is I like the term Echo. Um, and also, it refers to ECO as, as the environment. So not only are we echoing the kindness that we do, we're also going to take care of people and the environment as well, too. And it all started from a video that I saw that um, came with a simple quote. is um, a simple act of kindness creates endless ripple of good. And so with that, I just kept it and I just thought of a name and I thought Echo Love would be perfect because not only do we impact the lives that we help, we also create a ripple effect of goodness throughout the whole world and to other people. And so the people that I'm looking to help and impact are going to be anybody that is in need of help, in need of resources, but mainly for single parents like myself, um, those of immigrant descent veterans, and also those who are um, incapable of finding the resources due to language barrier or due to a disability. Mm. I love that. I had a guy on, uh, I interviewed a couple days ago, uh, was from Israel who immigrated to Germany, which, you know, that brought up lots of interesting questions. But one of the things that I took from that interview is that the immigration process everywhere you go is just a little bit different. You're from Thailand, correct? Yes, I was born in Thailand in a refugee camp, but I am Thai and Laotian. My mother is Thai and my father is Laotian. Can you, can you speak about what that was like uh, as a refugee? Like, can you speak to your experience as a refugee and then getting to America? Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, so from what I, I remember very little, um, many people wonder why my English is so well. It's because I grew up here in the U.S. We moved here since I was four. But I was born in a refugee camp. Um, my mother and father was fleeing the war. And so that's how we ended up in a camp. And so growing up, um, I didn't remember too much of my childhood as um, an adolescent. Um, but I do remember the struggles. Um, I remember just, you know, growing up, we always were asked for birth certificates. Well, I don't have one. You know, I was born in a refugee camp. All, all, everything that we had was just documentation that we we're refugees. We we're from this country. And um, fortunately, we came across a Catholic 
a church in the Philippines. And so we stayed there a few years and they sponsored us to come to the United States. Wow. For your family and adjusting, what, here's what I'm, the intent of what I'm doing or what I'm, the questions I'm asking is because right now in America, we're seeing an influx of refugees coming from Latin America and other places. And it's divided a line in the sand for people where they're like, build a wall. <laughs> like, and, and we need to shut down the borders. And there's a lot of that. And because we have a situation here in America, which you can attest to because of the people you serve, that, you know, we're not even taking care of the people that live here. We're not taking care of our veterans. We're not taking care. Uh, we have addicts that have been left behind. We have a lot of people left behind in our own country. How in the world are we going to take care of all this influx of refugees? With that said, the reason why I don't get so mad about it is because of people like you. And I think of people that the other people I'm friends with that I've grown up with throughout my lifetime and living in different states that they, they came here. They fled war-torn areas. They fled Iran. They fled, um, uh, um, uh, they fled Iraq. They fled, like, all over the Middle East. They fled war. And then hearing about, like, with your situation and your family. And I'm going, those people were displaced, too. And wouldn't you want to go to a safe place, which, you know, America is still relatively safe compared to other places, so what I want, what I'm doing by these questions is I'm, I want to give people a different way of looking at what's going on. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So for you, can you, how does it, when you hear about the, the immigration crisis that we have in America, like, how does that feel for you? Like, I mean, go back to what your parents went through and can you speak to all that? Yes, of course. Um, I absolutely disagree with the situations that are currently happening with the refugees and um, what has happened in the past. Um, a lot of the times people do fled to the U.S. because the, in America, we're known for the land of the free and, and the land of opportunity. And a lot of people who are refugees that flee to the United States, they're not fleeing to want to cause harm to other people. They're fleeing because harm are causing being caused upon them. And they're simply, just like my parents and many other immigrants, they're just looking for an opportunity to, to live, to raise their family, to bring good to themselves and to the community. It's not necessarily to, to be a burden to this country. I think for many of the parents um, that flee here with their children, it's, it's because they're, they're looking for help. Mm. They're looking for an opportunity to start their life over. And, you know, yes, we should have it done properly, legally, through, go through customs and paperwork. But I don't, I don't agree with the fact that parents should be separated from their kids. I don't agree that um, people should be deported back. I believe there's always a second chance. We don't, we never know what the, the lives of these people have gone through. It's not right for us to judge um, whether or not we make them stay or go. I think everybody should be given a chance, go through the, the process of be, becoming a, citizen, a citizenship or having legal rights to stay here. Um, from what I've known and seen, a lot of people that are refugees came with a good cause and with good intent. 
Yeah, I, I, I have to tell you that it's my heart has. Not that I agreed with everything with my last guest, but my heart has really changed on the, the thought of being able to create a solution as opposed to making it a problem. Because the fact is that a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world right now, the citizens of those countries didn't ask for. They didn't ask for our bombs to destroy their home. And they didn't ask for you know, the situation that they have in their own country. And from what I've driven this country, I know what it looks like. There's a lot of space here. <laughs> there's a lot of, There's a lot more space here than what they, you know, they say that we're running out of room and I just don't believe that. But I, it's, I've really been inspired to want to be part of the change because, you know, I don't, I, I think borders are great and it's great to have state and it's great to have home pride and everything, but I personally would like to live in a world where we all have an opportunity to succeed and make our dreams come true. We, I, I would like to see us all have an opportunity to have clean water and clean food and, and, and access to, well, a safe place to live. And I believe that we can do that. And I'm not a socialist and I'm not a, uh, 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 I don't even know if globalist is the right word, but I do have a global mindset and that we're all God's children and we deserve the right to the, the same freedoms and opportunities everyone else does. And I'm fortunate because I grew up in America. I grew up, in a, you know, my I, both of my parents growing up. And mind you, I went nuts and did a lot of evil things. But I still was given an opportunity. Like I had a foundation. And a lot of people don't have that. And I want to see that change. So in your opinion, what are some things like for you and your own experience that you feel that we could create a solution or a way that we could better receive the immigrants that are coming here to America? I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you, Joshua. Um, instead of seeing things as a problem, I think we should see it as an opportunity um, with a different perspective and see good instead of um, bad out of things. Um, mm. I think the way that we view things always turn a bad into a good and so i would ideally like to hope that um you know if we could start with one person one person can inspire another person and, and form a group i think we could can help those refugees that are displaced right now because if you think about it those refugees are a lot similar to those that are homeless in the street right now it's not always their choice to be there sometimes they put themselves in situations or things happen, whether they lost a job or they got hurt. Um, I don't think everybody chose to be homeless, but, you know, they're displaced too. In a sense, they're kind of refugees here in the U.S. And so if we can help everybody um, one person at a time, I think would create a way um, to help other people as well too, and to move in the, in the right direction. Very cool. I love that. So you are right now, you're sitting inside of a bus. Is that correct? Yes. So tell us about the bus, because that looks very interesting behind you. <laughs> so um, my company is called My Time Enterprise, and I call it an events bus. I obtained the, the bus last year in October, hoping that um, I could provide some business services on there. But unfortunately, with the pandemic, it shut us down, and I just 
prayed and prayed to God, um, what can I do? What is my purpose? I'm kind of lost right now. You gave me this bus. I shouldn't actually be able to afford this bus, but it's here. So what can I do with it other than rent it out as, as a transportation service? And so one day I just woke up and, you know, at three or four o'clock in the morning, that's the best time. I call it God's calling. Yeah. So I wake up and I said, you know what? This bus is sitting here. Dead winter. Why can't I use it for something? And then it dawned to me. I said, you know what? I can haul donations in here, whether it's food, it's clothing, blankets, winter gear, anything that I could provide to those that are displaced in the community. And that's exactly what I did. I went out to an encampment in St. Paul last October to provide donations to um, the encampment, the camp that was out there. And um, we brought the donations out. People got food outside and came on board, got warm. And I just, they were so grateful, you know, they're great for the, grateful for the food. They're grateful for the donations. Um, They're happy to be warm. And from that day, I, I just made a promise to myself that this is what I'm going to do no matter what it cost me, no matter what I needed to do. This is my calling to serve people. Um, and I've lived here in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, for 10 years. And I never knew that there are actually people living in tents outside below 20, 30 degree weather. And it just absolutely broke my heart. I, I think I was heartbroken for two weeks straight where I just felt depressed. And I just kept networking with people and coming up with ideas on what to do. And from there it went. And then the bus now is fully loaded with toys. And so um, this was the other idea that God gave me because I was on social media and I saw all these families just requesting for help, went through situations, you know, whether it's becoming ill or losing a job or, you know, whatever the situation was. And I felt the need to do something as a, a single parent myself who was financially struck to some point. And they said, you know what, I'm going to collect toys on the bus and go bring Christmas to families all over the Twin Cities. And the idea was thought of four days later, we got donations from the community, not businesses, just community only. And we filled this bus up twice and delivered gifts to the families. What another example of what stepping into faith will do. You don't know what's going to come of it, but you just act in obedience and watch God work. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So how can people support this mission? You're not a nonprofit, but frankly, I don't even think that matters. How can people support what you're doing? Um, currently, you can follow my page, Echo Love, E-C-C-O-L-O-V-E. Um, I will post community events on there and share um, some of the work that I'm doing with other uh, nonprofits in the community like to follow i would appreciate that and you can always participate in volunteering or you can donate um currently right now we're seeking um toys and gifts for everybody so all ages newborn to 18 years old um we're gifting the parents the guardians and caretakers as well too because sometimes it's not the parents that are caring for the children it's the aunt and uncles and the grandparents or a friend 
that take that's taking care of these children out here and they all need um to be gifted as well too and not only that um this year we're also helping those that are disabled or have um, a mental impairment um, we thought that it would be nice to bring christmas to them too that's cool that's that's something that's after my heart too i mean of course everything you're doing to me is special so man that's cool um I mean, so can, out of curiosity, um, I know you don't remember Thailand, but where did your faith, where'd your relationship with the Lord come from? Like what, what inspired it? What, what, you know, what motivated that? What created that? I don't know. Like, I don't even know how I want to ask the question, but like, where did that come from? Because where you're from, they, they serve a different God, right? It's not Hindu. It's not, what's the dominant religion in Thailand? Well, the dominant religion in Thailand is Buddhism. Um, okay. I was raised Buddhist, um, but for me, religion is just another term. Um, mm. For me, when I think of religion, um, I think of just having the right mind, having the right faith, doing good with a, a good heart, good intentions. Um, being raised Buddhist, and this is, I think, the misunderstanding sometimes is, um, you know, Buddhism, it, it's not a god. For us, it's more of a philosophy of life, the way to live, to act in kindness, to not feel attached to things. And, and a lot of the times religion, it, 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 it kind of intersects, you know. I think sometimes politics get mixed <laughs> with it and it gets messy. Yeah. Um, and also personal opinions as well, too. But um, I started going to my my, my paternal grandparents are actually Catholic, and so they converted from Buddhism to um, Christianity because of attending church and, um, you know, the, the Catholic churches that were in the area. And so my parents, they brought us both to church and to the Buddhist temple. And so I got teachings from both sides, both religions. Um, but I didn't go full force into... Um, Christianity until um, I would say five years ago now. Um, I unfortunately I had a miscarriage and um, I had uh, broken up with a child's father and I just I was lost. I didn't know where to go, what to do, and I was led to this church um, originally called Passion Church, now called Creative Church, um, several times. I've attended three times, and, and by the fourth time, I said, you know what? I think this is my place to be. Um, one of their sayings is, you belong. And it just kept playing in my mind. Like, I belong, I belong, I belong here. And it's a non-denominational church. So I felt like I didn't have to conform to anything. Mm. So before I started really becoming a person of God and accepting God, um, I went there for guidance. I live here in the cities by myself. I don't have, you know, too many friends or family here besides my children. And I just felt that that was the place where I belonged and where I needed to be to hear the word of God. And I learned so much from just opening my eyes and my ears and just listening and just asking God for the right things. Um, you know, not asking him for money, but asking him for guidance, sending prayers, learning to pray all the time, not just in my time of need, but all <laughs> yeah. the time, you 
you know, and just being thankful for every, every single thing that I have and just any bad situation, turning that around into something good. And that's how I got to where I'm at today. I, I freaking love that. Um, how old are your children? Um, I have girls that are 13 and 10 and then my boys are three and five. Oh, how fun. Um, we have a five and six year old, uh, girls and it's, it's, it's fun. It's great. I, I think I saw, you posted pictures of them. Yeah. Yes. All oh, the time. Gosh, they're adorable. I didn't know if those were your kids or not, but they are absolutely adorable. Thank you. So, very cool. Um, so I don't know why this just came to me, but what would you say the hardest lesson Hardest but most valuable lesson is that you've ever learned? Hmm. The hardest and most valuable lesson is sometimes people aren't always going to be on your side. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ideally, even though you would like everybody to like you, they're not going to like you. But eventually, you know, if, if you're doing it for the right things, that should be the heart of it. Um, no matter if you disagree, if you have the same cause, that should be what you work towards. I dig it. That's really good. <laughs> you know, I um, I think what you're doing is inspiring, and I um, you know, I Jess and I. First of all, it blows me away that you're saying that you don't have many friends. Uh, that just course i kind of say the same thing too i don't we we operate very solo i mean look we love a lot of people and we're cool with a lot of people but we don't have a lot of people that are like directly in our lives and um and i i get it it can be especially when you feel that you not feel when you put your life so much of your heart into other people um, it's almost like you don't have time for friends, which almost seems like an oxymoron or a paradox, but it's true. It's like, I'm on a mission to serve. I'm on a mission to make the world a better place. And somewhere along the lines, you forget about friendships <laughs> and, and I, at least in my experience. And, um, but here lately, I've been blessed to meet some of the most incredible people. And you're obviously, you're definitely one of them because this is our real our first face-to-face conversation, which is digital face-to-face, but you know, it's close, but you know, I'm, I honor you for who you are. And if Jessica and I can ever do anything to support what you're doing other than volunteering, which we want to do, but we're here because we believe in what you're doing. And, you know, for whatever it is, I, I just feel like you're a sister. And we would do anything. I, I just know in my heart that we would do anything for you. So, you know, please, uh, if we can, let us know. Because I, I definitely believe, you know, in what you got going on. Thank you so much. And, and Joshua, this is how I look at friendship. Friendship to me is more like acquaintances that you meet randomly here and there. You say hi, hello. Um, but truly, I think when a person becomes a part of your life, when you feel that you can trust them and they move you or you move them and, and, and their life and, you know, you have this reciprocal interchange where it, you just can't be without each other. It doesn't have to be 
close in proximity, but you know that if something came up, they would be there. And when it gets to that point, to me, I feel that um, it's not friendship, it's actually family. So I have people that are not biologically my family, but I have people that I can count on that I know if I call them at two in the morning, hey, you know, I'm stranded, you will come, can you come pick me up? They will come. Um, so, I mean, I, I keep my circle small, but it's not a bad thing because at least you know that you have some people you can count on. And, and I appreciate you, Joshua and Jessica, for, for being that as well for me too, even though, you know, we're, we've never met each other in person, but I feel that, um, that I can trust you and honor you um, with your words. Yeah, we definitely have your back. Um, and support what you're doing. So please let the audience know where they can find you again and how they can best support you. Yes, of course. So again, my name is Potala Chantavisu. You can add me on social media on Facebook. And the page that I have is called Echo Love. It's E-C-C-O-L-O-V-E. Um, my phone number is 612-470-8083 like to contact me you're more than welcome to and follow me on social media um, i would be happy to speak with you or to collaborate in any way or form um, to help the community excellent and guys if you those of you watching or listening out there if you uh you know if you want to help support you can reach out to me privately too i can connect you anyway because again I actually kind of respect what she's doing more that she's not a nonprofit, even though she's going to be a nonprofit. The fact that she's doing nonprofit work as a nonprofit is pretty special to me. So I, I think that's incredible. Poe, God bless you. Thank you so much. Uh, have a blessed holiday and look forward to actually meeting you in person soon. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes, if you guys could help out with getting these toys in here on the bus and filling it up, um, that would be so awesome. Um, we're not looking for much. We're just looking for, you know, sharing the word and, and getting this, what we're doing out there and getting them the donations to these families. So yes, thank you so much. I'm honored. Amen. See you soon, Paul. Alrighty. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow. She's cool. Uh, absolutely cool. I'm I just honored to have her. Can't wait to see uh, what God does with her because it's going to be special. So I saw this. Um, I'm going to close after this, but I want to read this because I thought this was powerful. And uh, what the heck? I had it. Hold on. Do you understand yourself? Okay. So I love this devotional book. My wife got this for me for Christmas last year, and it's called New Beginnings. The Lord's mercies are new every morning. So this is called Do You Know Yourself? And the reason I feel led to read this today is that right now, a lot of us have tried to put our identity in something else, a label, a name, a box. Um, and as somebody that has lived with, you know, multiple personalities for most of his life, and God continues to heal me and to give me one sound, strong mind, I'm reminded often when I switch or become someone else, the importance of how much I really want to be who I was created to be, because the closer I've gotten to God, the closer my relationship to the Lord has gotten, the more 
I really like who I am and, and own who I am. And so I just know that this is important because when you know who you are, especially in Christ, your confidence and your strength is just on a different level. And we are coming into a time where faith is going to be challenged to, it's going to be challenged. But I don't believe that your faith can be strong without knowing your identity. So bear with me. Do you understand yourself? I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. Romans 7.15 It is a sad fact that there are many people who do not understand themselves. They spend long and agonizing hours in self-examination. They study psychology or regularly visit psychologists to arrive at a better and more profound understanding of their personality. Unfortunately, their studies only cause more confusion. Who can relate? Sometimes even resulting in spiritual disaster. Psychological self-examination can lead to self-centeredness, which in turn results in frustration and dissatisfaction with the quality of your life. In order to understand yourself, you have to accept and appreciate the fact that God created you in his image. This realization will bring you in harmony with yourself. I've shared over and over and over again how it took two years into my walk with the Lord that I had no clue who I was still hating myself, still shaming myself, not understanding that God loved me just the way I was. And you know, I was incapable of loving myself until I could accept the fact that God loved me for who I was. In Christ Jesus, if Christ Jesus is the Lord of your life, and if you give him priority over everything else in your life, meaning God comes first. You will discover that your personal life acquires meaning and purpose because of your intimate relationship with him. Consequently, you will also experience the fulfillment of getting to know your true self. <laughs> Didn't even know that was true. I've been saying that for a couple of months. The, wow, the closer to God, the closer to the Lord I've gotten, the more I've learned who I am. That's interesting. So I'll read that again. Con consequently, you will have an experience. Consequently, you will also experience the fulfillment of getting to know your true self. Under the authority of Christ and the guidance of this Holy Spirit, it becomes possible to understand yourself. It is possible to have daily communion with Christ through prayer and contemplation and still feel confused and lonely. By getting to know Christ, you also get to know yourself. Holy Lord Jesus, through your spirit who lives in me, who lives in us, I have come to know my true self. And we thank you for this. Personal relationship with Jesus is the most important thing that you can do or that you can have 
And the reason I say that is because, look, salvation is amazing. Having a rebirth is amazing. Getting a new heart, a clean heart, a pure heart is amazing. But you have to have a reason why. And I believe with all my heart that that relationship helps weather any storm. It helps you see the opportunity in failure. It helps you see the opportunity in chaos. It helps you see the opportunity when all doors seem shut. And then most importantly, you learn who you really are and who you were created to be. And right now it's time for each of you to accept your identity, quit running from it, accept it. The dreams and visions planted inside of your heart are there to show you what's possible. God does not mock you. God does not tease. He's not a stripper. God is a God of promises, a God of truth. And when he plants those dreams in your mind, he's showing you what life is when you surrender to him. Take that. Put that in your heart. It matters. God bless you. Thank you, Poe, for being here. You all have a blessed day. Bye-bye.